everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. It has been a while since I've answered listeners' written-in questions, so I thought I'd dig into some of those today. I've got three questions to answer from listeners. They have to do with relationships and friendships, toxic friendships, and dating. So let me go ahead and dive in. And by the way, if you have a question or you want to be added to the wait list, go ahead and go to christinehassler.com slash waitlist, and that will get you on the waitlist to be coached on the air. If you have a specific question you want me to answer, you don't want to be coached, but you just want to write in your question, you can email assist at christinehassler.com, put in the subject line, question for the podcast, and I'll put it in the queue. Okay, so first question we have is from Justin. Justin says, I've noticed a pattern where I keep falling in love with my friends and wanting to intensify the relationships I have with them. I know they aren't genuine emotions since I feel that way about many of my friends. There's a pattern here. And usually those feelings can change from person to person very easily. Regardless, this has affected my ability to sustain friendships. I can make them very easily. However, I can't seem to keep them as friends because I end up beginning romantic relationships. This has dramatically and negatively affected my self-esteem. I know that on one hand, this is due to a people-pleasing habit I developed due to the complicated relationship I have with my mother. I've actively worked on myself and with her and my own low self-esteem issues, but I'm not sure these are the sole reasons I do this, and I'm not sure how to stop myself. Thank you for your help. Okay, Justin, first of all, thank you so much for your honesty, and I really want to acknowledge you that you see a pattern here. I'm going to do the best I can without knowing too much about what is driving this kind of behavior. The only information you gave is that you have a complicated relationship with your mother. That could mean a lot of things. That could mean you were going to surrogate spouse situation with her. That happens with a lot of children. Maybe the father or mother wasn't there. So the child replaces that spouse in a lot of ways. So the lines between parent and child are, are blurred. Or it could have been complicated because she wasn't really available for you, wasn't emotionally available for you. Maybe she was divorced and dating a lot of different men and her priority was that instead of you. I don't know what the complications are, but just the fact that you're saying there's a complication there means that there's probably some more healing work to do there because you're, by this pattern with women, you are attempting to replace a void of the feminine. Whatever you didn't get from mom, you're attempting to replace it with these relationships. And it's like, because you're craving intimacy, you're trying to make these friendships romantic. I'm going to take a wild guess here, kind of my intuition as well, that the complicated relationship with your mom had to do with blurred lines. Like the distinction between mother and son wasn't super clear. So you have kind of trouble with lines in relationship and you don't quite know how to keep something a friendship. You want to turn it into a more intimate relationship. So when friends come along, since you're used to blurry lines in relationships and probably because you're craving intimacy and you're craving to fill that mother wound in whatever way that you're attempting to do that, you're wanting them to be romantic relationships because for whatever reason, that's maybe what you feel more comfortable in. But moreover, that's where you feel like you get yourself worth. However, as you're saying, it's making you feel 
unworthy, right? It's affecting your self-esteem. So here's my encouragement for you. And if you want to get coached on the show, I'd love to dive deeper into this with you, Justin, because I'm curious as to one, whether I'm on the right track with this kind of blurred line with mom. And this is a unique question that I haven't gotten before. So email assist at christinehauser.com. What I'd suggest is one, it sounds like you're heterosexual. So stop having female friends altogether. (laughs) Really, really nourish your male friendships. Learn how to be a friend when there's no sexual or romantic implication or desire or whatever. So nourish those friendships. And secondly, if you do have any female friends, I would call this out with them. Say to them, listen, I have a pattern of pushing female friendships into romance. And I'm going to ask you to not let me do that (laughs) because I'm not in a healthy place and I don't want to toy with your emotions. I really respect you and let's just be friends. Honestly, I don't think you're there yet, which is why I would back away from female friendships. And even if you have some female friends right now, just be honest with them. Just say, I'm I'm confusing. I'm in a confused time. I don't know what I want. I seem to turn all my friendships into relationships. And so I'm going to put some boundaries here. See, this is the thing, Justin, and for all of you, I hear so many people say, I'm doing this work to change this. I'm doing this work to change this. But you're still engaging in behavior that perpetuates the pattern. It's like, trying to stop drinking, but you're still having a drink every now and then. You're working on the issues as to why you're an alcoholic or why you have a drinking problem, but you're still going into bars and having a drink. (laughs) So when we're looking at healing a wound and quote unquote working on something, we've got to have some really fierce boundaries and stop behavior that makes it harder to heal the wound. It's like picking the scab. So you've got to make some drastic behavior changes here, Justin, to actually get into the deeper work. And like I said, I'd love to coach you on the air about this. So hopefully we'll hear from you. Next question we have is from Allison. Allison says, I have a dear friend that's currently in a very toxic romantic situation, which is a roller coaster that's lasted five years so far. Everyone around her sees how unhealthy and emotionally dangerous it is. Her family has reached out to me to try to quote unquote, talk some sense into her. And I've had to set boundaries there for my own emotional health. I've done a lot of self-work to stop taking on her drama as my own because I was doing this for a period of time when she refused to leave the toxic relationship, despite verbally recognizing it's toxic. But it still feels hard to be in this relationship when she's choosing for herself very toxic things. I'm a total empath and I feel real sadness for her, as if it's my own situation. Is it possible to stay in a friendship like this when one person is very open and willing to look inward and on her life and the other is not open to any version of that whatsoever? I enjoy our time together so much, but it's starting to feel that maybe I'm too emotionally mature to engage with her. Okay, Allison, this is an easy one for me to answer. (laughs) End this friendship. And I'm being blunt with you and direct with you because this is the thing about empaths and highly sensitive people. This is for all of you, my fellow empaths out there. There's an unconscious kind of ego programming that we can save people that we can help them. So it's not just that we feel so deeply, it's just that we feel so deeply, we can see not only their dysfunctional behavior, but we can see all the potential. We can see all the love we see and we feel so deeply. And because of that, there's a part of us that's like, no, I see you, I see you, it can be different. And so we continue to engage because there's some part of us that thinks we can change it that thinks we can shift it. Now, we may not always be consciously aware of this, but it's there. 
And it's so, so, so important for empaths and highly sensitive people and emotionally mature people, whatever it is, to use your gifts on people that are receptive. I'm an empath. I feel the people that call into the show. I feel all of you listening. I feel very deeply. But in so many ways, I'm preaching to the choir. If you're listening to the show right now, you're open. Even if you're not doing everything I suggest, even if you're at the beginning of working on yourself, even if some of the things I say, you're like, I don't know about that. You're listening. You're here. You're open. You're willing to make the shifts. So the work that I'm doing here is not exhausting because one, I'm not taking on that I have to save any of you. And two, you're willing. So Allison, with your friend, you have this beautiful gift of empathy and emotional maturity and this willingness to do the work. And I don't want to say you're wasting it, but you're exhausting yourself on someone who has chosen not to say yes to doing the work herself. And so by continuing to engage, in a lot of ways, you're enabling her. You're enabling her. If someone continues to have the friends in their life and and have the support system while engaging in toxic behavior, some part of their brain is going to be like, oh, well, I can still do this dysfunctional thing and keep my friends. So why should I like step out of my comfort zone and break out of this toxic relationship when I can kind of have my cake and eat it too? So what you have to understand about your friend is she's choosing to be in this relationship to learn whatever she needs to learn. And there's really nothing you can do. So what you can say to your friend, and you got to choose your own words, I'm just giving you some ideas, is I love you so much. And I love me so much too. And it's hurting me to see you in this relationship. And I honor your decisions, but I also have to take care of myself. And this is emotionally exhausting for me to see someone I love in something so toxic and to have you come to me over and over and over again with the same pains, but not see you make any changes. And out of love for you, out of love for myself, I need to take some space from our relationship. So that's just an idea, Allison. Again, you've got to feel into what feels best for you, but you got to look at what the payoff is here. Like, why is your ego continuing to stay in this? And be really real with yourself and and know that Yes, being an empath is a gift. Feeling so deeply for people is a gift. But choose relationships where you can feel deeply for another person and not suffer and not struggle and not feel like you're beating your head up against the wall. You know, I'll give you a quick example. Stephanos was going through something yesterday and, oh, it just hurt my heart. It so hurt my heart to see him in pain. But my empathy doesn't hurt me because, one, I can express to him And two, I can give him loving feedback that he takes and he receives and he starts to make changes. So it's not like I feel this empathy and over and over and over again, I see him suffering about the same thing. That would be exhausting for an empath. Empaths can't be, I don't think anyone, let's just take off the title of empaths. I don't think it's healthy for anyone to be in a relationship with someone else who's consistently engaging in behavior that creates their own suffering and they're not making any changes about it. It's freaking exhausting. 
So make the self-honoring choice to take some space for those relationships. Before we dive into the next question, I want to talk to you about something. I give a lot of information on this show. Sometimes I recommend books, but I actually think that the best way for you to choose your next book is to intuitively go to Google, (laughs) search for topics, and see what kind of books jump out at you. And I know a lot of you love to listen to books while you're on the plane or while you're on the subway when there isn't a new episode of the show and you want to listen to something else. And that's why I love Audible. And I have a really, really special offer for you from Audible. And Audible is, as you know, a way for you to listen to the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet. And listen up, Amazon Prime members. If you're an Amazon Prime member like me, for a limited time, you can start an Audible membership and save 66% on your first three months. That's a total of $30 off. That's like getting three months for the price of one. So you'll pay just $4.95 for the first three months. And then after that, it's only $14.95. This offer is valid until the end of July. So it ends July 31st. So jump on this now. And Audible members get a credit every month good for any audiobook in their store, regardless of price. And two Audible original unused credits roll over. And if you don't like an audiobook, you can exchange it for free. Plus your audiobooks are yours to keep forever, even if you cancel. There are no commitments and you can cancel at any time. So visit audible.com slash over it or text over it to 500, 500 to get started today. Again, audible.com slash over it or text over it to 500, 500 to get started today. I love listening to audiobooks. I'm diving into a lot of Joe Dispenza stuff right now. It's my favorite way to quote unquote read a book <laughs> while I'm on the go. So take advantage of this offer again, audible.com slash over it. All right, let's go to our last question here. So this is from Lucy. Lucy says, when you were single and dating, how did you go about it? I was wondering if you had any tips for someone who wants to quote unquote, get out there. I know you mentioned that you didn't love dating apps, but I'm curious if you had any suggestions for someone who's been very into personal growth and would love to meet a like-minded man. I want to co-create with the universe, but not quite sure how much I should quote unquote do and how much I should surrender. Any wisdom on what you did when you were in the dating world would be so appreciated. Okay. Well, Lucy, definitely go back and listen to the podcast Stephanos and I did on conscious dating. I think that would be super helpful. The thing that shifted things for me more than anything was two things. Number one, to become a fantastic partner to myself, to do things I wanted to do, to take myself out on dates, to love my life, to not be looking, 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 to not be focused so much on what was lacking but really, really look at everything that I had in my life. So I found this balance between honoring the longing, you know, honoring the longing, being clear with the universe and with the world and with people I talk to. Yes, I am calling in a relationship. Yes, my desire is to be in partnership. Yes, I feel complete around being single. But at the same time, not paying too much attention to the lack, not paying too much attention to not having someone. I mean, they'll give you a concrete example. So for example, going to a wedding by myself, focusing on, oh my gosh, how amazing to be at a wedding. Look at all these incredible couples. I'm looking forward to having my wedding, really focusing on that versus, oh my gosh, I'm the only single person here, which was true. I officiated a wedding where I was the only single person there. 
So that's an example, right? I could have gone into that wedding and focused just on, oh, I'm the only single person there, but instead I focused on the love. So that's one thing, really being a great partner to yourself and focusing on the abundance that you have and the longing that you have, but not the lack. And then the second thing was surrendering, really surrendering to the universe and go, you pick. So not just surrendering in terms of the process of how it happens or whatever, but really, really deeply surrendering your attachment to how it looks, when it comes, who the person is, whether they have the characteristics you want or not, deeply, deeply surrendering and then just living your life. And then there are no rules. If dating apps are fun for you, great. If they're not, don't do them. Do the things that feel good and are fun to you. It's all your come from. I had much more success on dating apps when I would go in with a fun, open-minded attitude. Whenever I would go in when I was bored or hopeless or lonely or had a bad date, I'd have a terrible experience. So it's all about your come from and trust, trust Lucy that it's coming. And one more thing, exciting news. Stephanos and I are really working on supporting people, calling in love, and also people that are in relationships that want to make their relationship more conscious and loving. So we are going to be starting two free groups on Facebook. This will be probably after our wedding we'll begin this, but I just want to tease it out now so you know it's coming. One for calling in love and another one for conscious relationships because we really want to help you, both all of you that are looking for love and all of you that are in relationships that want to make your relationship better. We both, especially me, just filtered through so much bad advice out there. (laughs) And there's a lot of good advice out there as well, Um, but we really feel so blessed to have called in this kind of love that is so conscious and special and truly feels like a, a soulmate twin flame relationship. And we really want to support more of you in that. So we're going to be starting some free stuff for you all on that. So keep a lookout out for that. And just a reminder that we're teaching a workshop in London together on October 6th. And that's going to be on love of self, love of relationship, and love of purpose and higher power. The registration page will be up shortly, but you definitely want to get on the interest list. Go to christinehasser.com slash London. All right, everybody, that is the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all so much. Sending you so many blessings. Until next time.